Hey everybody, welcome to your Friday episode of your favorite podcast, Crossover Edition, All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward, and I am your host, Jake Burns of OBR Film Breakdown. We're excited to have you in today. We're excited because there's some resolution to what has been ongoing for what seems like ages. It started in mid-March, and we are finally reaching what is a culmination of some... Uh, you know, just some lengthy issues uh, that needed to be resolved. And I was unsure, especially when the trade started with Watson, we were all unsure if the NFL's resolution would come before the season period and it would have to be punted down the line because there were hard out dates in the court and then the settlements happened and all of that stuff. And we have seemed to have finally hit the culmination of all of this, which is a decision from the NFL. Not that everything is fixed or solved. I do not want to paint that picture but we have an answer on what our football season looks like. And at the core of what you are doing and what I am doing, we are just trying to enjoy football. We just want to watch football. We want to consume it. We want to enjoy the season that comes around once a year. And we have spent way too much time as a collective group talking about whether a guy's going to play or not, talking about court things that we should not have to think about, angles of the NFL's uh, collective bargaining agreement and the personal conduct policy. And we're here to put that all to bed today. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson and the court and the NFL's decision for the last time because it has reached a final stepping point unless something unforeseen and unbelievable happens. There will not be another tie-in to a suspension issue. There will not be another change to this issue. Uh, So we will lay this to bed and then continue in the coming days, weeks, and months to just cover your football team because, again, that is what the contract tells me to do is cover the football team. That's what I want to do most. But we would be remiss if we did not talk about the decisions surrounding important parts of the Browns organization, and we have to at least cover the topic. So we will do that today, and then we will scatter forward, move on, and cover the Eagles-Browns joint practices tomorrow, and then obviously into the weekend cover the uh, Browns one o'clock kick on Sunday against the Eagles, which is going to be, it seems like a backup fest from Cleveland at this point. But anyway, um, let's jump into the topic, Brad. The NFL comes down today and says that they have reached a joint agreement, a settlement with the NFL PA on a, on a decision to suspend Deshaun Watson for 11 games. And then uh, on top of that, a $5 million fine seems like Originally, the NFL wanted an indefinite one-year suspension. Watson was okay with the six-game suspension. This is some sort of a middle ground. And it's not altogether unexpected, uh, but nonetheless, there are some interesting caveats to all of this. I will let you give me your reaction, whether you thought uh, it was going to be a whole year, a minimum of 12 or more. Like, Just curious, your original, you saw the announcement, which came from a really weird Twitter account that had very few followers, but like Pro Football Talk confirmed before we even got the NFL's uh, official letter boys, Rappaport and Schefter tweeting about it. But nonetheless, that was an official release. So maybe this person just found it before anybody else. And uh, yeah, curious, Brad, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they accidentally leaked it to the NFL communications page or something, Uh, Mm -hmm. something to that effect. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm a little surprised actually. Um, I thought it was going to be a year. I'd kind of written it off to a year, to be honest, Jake. Uh, And then in the past few, just in the past, what, 48 hours or so, we started to hear these rumblings of settlement again. Um, And I didn't know, like, how much the NFL didn't want to go to court, right? But you got to think that owners, Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, the guys that were drug into this mess in the in the Sue Robinson trial, they they didn't want they didn't want to go to, through this anymore, right? They didn't want to get their names drug up in, in in court anymore. So that pressure probably 
got applied to Goodell and the NFL and, and leaked down to Peter Harvey, Peter C. Harvey, is that right? I guess we're using middle initials on all these important folks now. Mina Kimes um, made a good joke that it seems like only Disney stars and serial killers have the initial in the middle yeah. of their name. It's yeah. like, it's so weird to see these people. It's like, what do you, yeah. have, what do you have an initial, man? But anyway, go I, ahead. I don't know. Sue L. Robinson, Peter C. Harvey, right? So yep. if, if you're, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, and it sounded like Harvey didn't want to rule. He wanted these, them to come to a settlement. So... To keep this basically out of court, the NFL moved off their year, right? They moved off. I mean, we heard Goodell come out and say it at the owners' meetings, right? Like, that he wanted to hit him with the year. So, he he moved off of that probably from some pressure from owners around the league, right? To get this done and not have to drag it to court. And in order to keep it out of the court... Uh, they were he was able to lower this down to 11 games and five million dollars i thought the money would be higher if they did move off of it i'm surprised it's only five million dollars and i'm actually surprised they got anywhere below 12 to be honest um so i think uh if you're watson this outcome is a win yeah i think i think you can say that for him personally yeah i personally I think there are layers to some things here that I know you are going to go into and we'll dive into here. But like, I think what's interesting is that the talking point, okay, why couldn't this be reached quicker? Right. The, the, right. The days, immediate days after, I think the thing that was argued and I really would not be surprised when it was announced, the thing that was most interesting was that it was not a 12 game suspension and he gets to make his debut in the Houston game. That was supposed to be some gigantic NFL sticking point. So I do wonder if his side, the NFLPA, said, we're not doing that. We want to go to Houston and play and beat them. There's something personal there for him. Because otherwise, the Browns don't go to Houston, potentially, unless they fall into the same place in the division. There's not a true crossover there for a bit, I don't think. I could be wrong on that, actually. But nonetheless, I think that he wanted to play that game. And I think the NFLPA stood on his request. And it feels like a sticking point that the NFL might have given in to at least you know because if if the nfl is getting their way they they would have gotten that game too but you know sure. it's it's a lot there he probably wants to play it and i'm sure they're not going to hate the ratings that come with that game so no. um that stood out to me uh, above a lot of them the fine could have been infinity it shouldn't have mattered but maybe to it, watson's yeah, camp it, it would have yeah it shouldn't have mattered but um to your point 11 games is a win you know, I've got a thing, Brad, like I don't understand these these people and maybe I'm just stupid and that's possible. I'm just stupid. It's really in the it's a very interesting outcome. That, for that, life when, that's when not. I think about it, <laughs> like they keep talking about this contract tolling and I'm like, who cares? He's going to sign two to three more deals in Cleveland. He's sure. made this well known, I guess, in your own uh set of circumstances here the browns fall apart and he wants to get out of cleveland and he can find a way out of cleveland and cleveland doesn't get the five very complete years but like to me he's been pretty clear from the jump he wants to finish his career in cleveland and they took the chance on him and there should be a ton of respect from his side that cleveland is doing this taking him in so like being worried about the contract not tolling over to the next year and him only getting six games for a one year of the con like he's going to restructure that deal and then he's going to get another yeah. deal and another deal so why are we wasting breath on how many games of the five-year deal he originally signs here are 
are going to be played. Like it's not a, it seems like such a waste of energy. So that part of it was like a talking point that came out today where I just, I'm like, why are you, why do you care? Like, why do you, to me, getting him on the football field acclimated to a Cleveland in December, B some important division opponents on the schedule at that point and B just C just getting him on the field period from a football standpoint, he has not been on the field in forever. And you can tell me all you want about how practice makes you ready for the, nothing makes you ready for NFL games, like playing NFL games. You have to get in there and have the bullets flying to be ready for what's to come. And him missing an entire straight second season, is crazy. Like he gets to come back in November, he gets to prepare and then be ready for December, and he gets six weeks of football. That will matter for getting him back to the Deshaun Watson that people know as far as on the field. So I think it's just really strange that the fo- some folks were like, "Well, this actually hurts the Browns instead of helps them," and I just don't even remotely understand how that could be the case in terms of maximizing player ability and 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 what you're getting here. Yeah, I guess that. I don't think it – when people talk about the contract tolling, uh, I never thought of it as, like, how long he's going to be in Cleveland. Like, oh, they need a guaranteed five years. I thought of it as in an effect on the salary cap, right? So, like, if you're if he's only – if you're going to give him 12 games uh, and, and whatever, maybe you would just rather have – you know, have it be a year and have it toll, whatever – but I get it. Like, to me, 12 to 11 is actually a pretty big deal. And he gets to return to the building week six. And he fits to finish out training camp. So I take this as a huge win. Like, for the football side of things for the Browns, he's going to play six games. He gets to finish training camp in the preseason. Even if he's not taking all the reps, he's watching. He's there. Uh, he gets to return before you know, week six, get acclimated again, you actually get on the field, as you said, for six six weeks. Six weeks yeah. is over two-thirds of the season, Jake, and or over a third of the season, pardon me, I, I spoke uh, backwards there because I'm an idiot, but uh, uh, over a third of the season, and to me, that's enough. Like, that makes a big deal. Like, six yeah. games of Deshaun Watson is a is a is a it lot could change their season outcome brad yes he could, they could be six and five five and six and they were hunting around 500 for a division title and playoff berth all the way until the very end last year so it could be the difference like i just i i, I might not be galaxy brained enough to understand the people who would have rather him been suspended if he didn't get 10 games or less would have rather him been suspended for the whole year and i'm not arguing what was right or wrong in the suspension i'm just talking about the nfl's decision and how that impacted sure. the browns so nonetheless uh talking about whether deshaun won that or not we're going to take a quick break word from our sponsors and then we'll dive into whatever the hell that press conference was today so we will uh we'll be right back we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the the Browns decide to do this. Like I'm not a PR guy. Didn't major in it. Didn't even take an elective in that coming up through college. I I, I don't know. You know, textbook A from textbook B about this stuff. But to me, mm-hmm. this was interesting, and I mean bizarre interesting because, okay. We get this interview with Aditi last week where he sounds for the first time like there's some there's some genuine remorse and genuine understanding of the impact he has had on people. And it felt like he did not clarify at the time, but it felt like he was apologizing to the women he impacted, the specific 25 women who have been involved in cases against him. Now, there was gray area, but I chose to read that as it sounded like he was on a path to saying I made a mistake, and I'm trying to figure out how to fix it. But today happens, mm-hmm. and my gosh, he goes up there and says, again, I stand on my innocence. He says other things, including I'm apologizing to all women, everyone out there who this impacted, or even said the word triggered. Uh, I just, again, the, the interview today, he said, I'm innocent. The settlements uh, do not tell you that I am guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the, the, there was an, a, a part of the whole deal here with the NFL was remorse. Yeah. And, you know, you can I tend, Brad, just to see the good in people. I just do. I, I, I'm a glass half full person. I have this, this theory of energy givers and takers. I think you and I have talked about that on this when we've crossed over. And yes. I, I tend to just remain positive as best I can, even when life throws curveballs at me like it's just what I try to do. And I always look at it from that scale, that sort of scope but today was just back to where we were at the start and like i listen if you 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 could have done it he did release a statement and the browns released a statement they didn't have to put him up in front of the media today and if you were going to do that could you done a video where he controlled what he said and and it it came off right or b if you were going to put him in front of the press what was the collective understanding of what he was going to say to people in this interview like i have genuine questions for the browns pr staff so okay he's claiming to be innocent again. He has no specific remorse for the ladies and and the women in this situation who have come after him. And again, you don't have to admit you're guilty. I understand there's one civil case out there, still remaining out there. It's active, and that might be tying up some of his language. But you can go up there, Brad, and say, hey, I don't think I did anything wrong, but having seen the opinion and the story of the women involved in this, I now see that their perspective, and I understand it. I understand my actions and how my actions can be perceived 
and I understand the importance of every single action I have, and I'm going to work on that going forward. And if that was what he said, it would have been fine. But he did not do that. He double tripled down. Well, I want to move on with my life. I've got to move on. And while that's true, you have to take accountability. The whole thing about the suspension and all of this, and even from the NFL side, is that he's going to take accountability, show remorse, and do what he needs to do to better himself, to not put himself in this situation anymore. I got none of those vibes. Now, you again, come with your perspective because it might not be the same for me. I got the vibe of, hey, I got the suspension I got handed. I'm going to say what I think I need to say now that this is over. I'm yeah. going to say what I've been saying all along, which is I had no I had no intention. I have not sexually abused anybody, and I did not inflict anything uh, wrong, essentially, on these women. And, like, again, man, he, he, I got to say it. I have made a mistake in my life. I've been there. I, I have I – have, I have, I've been down that path and you, you can come back. Like people are willing to forgive you. If you show remorse, if you show that you're trying to better yourself and your actions align with the things that you're trying to come back from. And, yeah. and like with Watson, I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned that this is who he is. He doesn't think he did anything wrong and maybe he didn't, but the way that they're not telling his story about how this is misconceived and what's going on and how these women are lying essentially and he said again today, I will give him one shred of future benefit. He said today, again, I will tell my story at some point when that is, or if it's just like a player's tribune piece that comes out out of nowhere, I don't know. But nonetheless, like I thought today was mind blowing. Like people forgave Mike Vick for killing dogs. Like they, yes. they, but what did Mike Vick do? He took accountability. He owned his actions and he did things to try to reverse a right. lot of the things that he did. I do think people would work toward in the future, not immediate time heals everything. He would get some leeway from people if he would just admit some things, but he seems unwilling to admit a single thing. It's looming. It's making him look worse, accepting zero responsibility. And you don't even have to say, I did anything illegal. I did anything wrong. You can just say the situations, the misconceptions, he won't do any of that. And it just looks really, really bad. And then the Browns and the way they came out after that and, and, and Jimmy and DeHazem or who, again, were talking about second chances, which I believe. But the way they framed the second chance narrative and how they how they almost like used Kareem Hunt's situation as an example mm. of people needing second chances when that's not the same situation whatsoever. Mm -mm. Like, I do believe Deshaun, if he's not criminally convicted of something, deserves a second chance. But what accountability are you going to take for the things that transpired and the perception these women had about what you did and, and the massage stuff. And like, even just coming out, Brad and saying, Hey, I, I got a sexual fetish with massage parlor stuff. Like that is in and of itself, something people would work toward understanding because you know, addiction to sexual stuff is, is an addiction to drugs. It's all out there. It's, it's yes. real. They have rehabilitation for these things. And like, but he won't do it. And it's like, okay, this guy, you're telling me this guy who I thought was a really thoughtful interview for years, go up there, talk about schemes, give people personable answers. Is this just robot now who will never admit that he had any part in the wrongdoing here? will just apologize to all women because this situation triggers a situation that could have impacted other women. Like, I just don't see it. And if this is what it's going to be for the next five to 10 years with him, it's really hard to ever support the player. I'm sorry, the person. It's hard to get there because I just don't see it unless some gigantic expose comes out that explains his side. 
There is no side of Watson's story because we've never been given it. How are we supposed to believe these women are lying without ever knowing why or how they lied? We don't know. So there is no other side. Like, I just don't get it, Brad. How is the, how is the public supposed to consume this? It's, it's bizarre, man. It, it is. Um, I thought coming off of the, the apology with Aditi to today, it was very manipulative of him and his camp, right? The way they phrased it with Aditi, and I know they have to be careful with their phrasing and their verbiage, right? Because there still is a case out there and you still don't want to, right? But, like, it was manipulative language. I'm sorry that my decisions have affected these women. So there's my decisions, right, was what, the way he phrased it with Aditi. Yeah, there was accountability there. Yes, account, some accountability there. But transition to today, I'm sorry that anyone was offended or triggered by the what happened, all of this stuff, right? So now he's transitioned to not taking accountability, and basically he's just sorry if anybody's feelings got hurt and all this. It's basically kind of how it sounded, right? Or or got triggered is such a bad word for them to use, and it's the second time, Jake, that they've used that. They used it in a written. Yeah. public release from the Browns. Yeah. Me and Jared talked about this. Of all words to use in this scenario, trigger is not a good one. And and they did it, it in a like public... feels like a mocking word. It just feels it like... Does. A, it's turned into society as this mocking type word. And listen, I'm not on the cancel culture. I don't think you are either. I, I try no. to see the nuance in everything. And again, you can say, well, he doesn't have to be politically correct. It's his life, whatever, whatever. But to not even remotely recognize that your decisions could have led to this misconception all it all it needs to be is hey man i went i went there it these certain things transpired what i thought was wrong was not the same as what they thought was wrong there was a misconception there i now see their point i didn't do anything criminal but i see their point that's all you have to do that's all you have to do just denying and thinking that your thing the way you've done it and how you've done it is just okay is normal is not right. There's no way that I believe, Jake, that the Browns PR team and Watson's camp said, yeah, go ahead and say I stand on my innocence up here today because that phrasing is awful. Like there needs to be – there had to be a phrase like today. You're going to get asked some really tough questions, but here's a phrase we want you to revert to that takes responsibility but still gives you some – of like, yeah, I still believe that like some of this wasn't right, like all on me. And there is some a phrase there like, listen, I made some mistakes in my decision making. Uh, I now understand uh, what I did and how it could have been interpreted differently. Um, and I am going to take the counseling seriously to move on from this and learn from this experience. And anytime they okay. ask you a hard question go right back to that statement go right back to that statement keep going to that statement i understand and and, I, and, and i'm going to take this counseling serious and and learn from this situation and move on from it he's almost offended the vibe i get is that he's offended he has to answer these questions to the point that he shuts down like he's not a robot in any of the interviews i've seen of him in texans the te- in the houston days he's not and for him to be so robotic and say these weird things it gets it gives me an arrogant vibe 
that he doesn't think he should a be in the situation and b have to answer questions on it and admit that he has any issue or was a part of any of the problem it comes off as the interview with the dd as you said brad was was a message laid to the nfl about being willing to uh to make a uh, deal here and it just yeah today was 15 steps in the direction that i did not expect i was sitting yeah. there watching it on nfl network with my mouth open yeah. I, I couldn't believe the way they were framing it from his perspective and if they didn't do their homework with him and just send him up there then shame on them if they yeah. did their homework and they talked through it ahead of time and they agreed that saying stand on my innocence and it triggered other people i'm sorry if it triggered you like bigger shame on them and, and, and i guess maybe brad they don't maybe they don't care i don't know i don't know what other conclusion i can come up with and that maybe they just they flat out don't care and i feel and that, like that could be the thing too with all of this because i don't know what other way you could get there we're dumb people we are average people we just i just don't see how you could sit in a meeting room with either watson's representatives or his guys and be like this is okay we believe you that you didn't do it but do you see, Deshaun, how you could maybe frame this as understanding the misinterpretation between what happened yes. from your eyes in that room and what happened from their eyes? That's all you have to say. Even the people who have done some gnarly things, and I've pointed back to the Kobe Bryant scenario many times, he at least even recognized after this whole thing was over, I see now where she was coming from and how it could have been a different view of the events of that evening than what I thought. That's all you had to do, and he wouldn't do it. So I just am left to be a little bit hopeless that he's going to show remorse, take accountability, move forward. And and as, as he's moving forward, which I do agree, everybody does have to move forward, I just get worried that there's never going to be, for me, an enjoyment of the person at quarterback. That kind of sucks. I was holding off on that, that we could find a way to get there. I don't have that hope anymore. I'm strictly separating my coverage of the Cleveland Browns from my enjoyment of pulling for the people. Now, there are a lot of people to pull for in the Cleveland Browns as people. I, I, it's one person. I get it. It's yeah. one person. I have a lot of great guys. But this individual person who's the forefront of your team and the guy who's up there getting interviewed when the biggest moments happen, it's really hard to be like, I'm excited for that guy. What a journey. For, you know what I mean? And that stuff kind of does matter at some point. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, it does. It, you know what it felt like, Jake? It felt like he went rogue today. It felt like the settlement was yeah. over, and he got up there, and all the talking points they had covered, he said, screw it, I'm going to go back to my original, because this is really the way I feel. And he went rogue from his PR team and anybody else that had coached him prior. That's what it felt like. And then, to hear the Haslam's, Jake, oh, and, yeah. 
standing there with Andrew Barry, which is a weird combination, kind of talking over each other. First of all, Jimmy Haslam should not speak in those situations. Just let Dee speak because she actually speaks rather eloquently. But they put that he put them in a tough spot because then they're getting asked about the stuff that he just said about his innocence and all that. And Dee's trying to say, explain how at the beginning of counseling, you don't, you know, you don't always know and understand. And that's why you go to counseling. So you can understand what you did wrong and process. And I get where she's going with that, but she shouldn't have to be explaining that. At least she's making some sense. And then you've got Jimmy saying, you know, well, he's it wouldn't be like this second chances wise if he wasn't head, uh, quarterback uh, in the NFL, but he is. So, you know, he makes a little joke about like, so he does get it like total yeah. ridiculousness talking over each other like Jimmy, shut up. Let D speak. She's trying to cover up for the mistakes that Watson, you know, made in his presser. Uh, she tried her best to 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 channel it to counseling right yeah like channel it through like listen he doesn't get it all the way yet but he will by the time he's done with the counseling and and everybody needs to go through this process of learning and taking responsibility is kind of how she pointed it right and she did an okay job with it but jimmy was a hack up there and then and then Andrew Barry gets asked the question, you know, would you do all this again? And I thought that he at least did a pretty good job of stating, yes, as an organization, we would do this again. You know, What's he supposed to say no. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, no. we regret this. I thought yeah. the, the media did a great job. The people there asking questions did a pretty great job of being like, are you saying what you think we think you're saying? They they pushed him on it, and then they pushed the Haslam's on it too. So I don't yeah. have an issue with that. But like to your point there about that question. I mean, somebody, it was all over social because why wouldn't it be? But what do you expect him to say? Like, nah, we wouldn't, you know, we're kind of really regretting this decision right now. And, and, uh, we would not do it again, given the, and it's like, well, you can't, you got, you got Watson's here. You got to deal with it. And you go into these things saying, like, like, I get it. Going into this, you, you believe him. He's saying he's innocent. You believe him, but you can have a really conversation tied to, hey, man, how do we improve your public image? Like, you can have that conversation about, how do we maintain your innocence but improve your image? I'll tell you what, saying I stand on my innocence is not going to portray well. It seems like to me there was no homework done. It's a failure in no, in every sense. There was no homework done is one option, or they didn't prepare for what the things were going to be said, and sorts of things were going to be said, and they didn't practice it, and they didn't hone it. Because these questions are not unpredictable. They're very predictable. No, they um, are. You know, so those things were, were, were elements are there or B, they just just said, hey, man, go up there and say what you want. And yeah, both man. of which are a failure. It's a failure. Yeah. So I I don't know, man. What you leave thinking is Deshaun Watson got everything that he wanted. He got out of this situation with a settlement. He got out of these situations with a, a suspension that didn't last a year. He doesn't lose much money. And it doesn't seem like Deshaun Watson has learned much at this point. It really doesn't. And I, I, I have no other answer. I don't think I don't know. You could get to any other answer than that. He doesn't feel like he has any remorse. He doesn't feel like he has any lessons learned from right now other than this happened to me. I got away with it or whatever. I I got through it, and now I'm just going to live out my football life. And, you know, I I get that we got to move forward here, but for him to take uh, pretty much zero accountability on any role in this other than to just say, I'm sorry, the situation triggered some women 
is really disappointing beyond the already disappointing things that we've seen. But again, to my point, I'm done with the topic, Brad. It's over. I've covered it. Uh, if something major, major happens in the coming months and years, we'll revisit it. But I'm tired of devoting podcasts to Deshaun. He now has showed us through multiple interviews who he is. So my expectations, I think, were off originally about what I thought he was going to say, how I thought he was going to handle all of this. I now know what the baseline is for him, so I know what to expect. I will cover him a certain way. I will do my best to keep things narrow and focused to the field because that's what my podcast focuses on. Uh, and I just see nothing to be gained by continuing to lecture on this. So I'm, I'm over it. I'm through it. You know my stance on where this sits. I'm more than willing still if a guy can show true remorse and actions that tie to yes. it to give anybody in their life a second chance. Uh, but, but for now, I'm just left with a massive shoulder shrug, and I just don't feel like it's going to turn the corner. So I, I kind of uh, – we're 30 minutes in, and I, I feel good about what we've said, how we've said it. I'm ready to bury – any more dedicated shows to Deshaun Watson uh, off the field. So uh, I don't know where you are, but I'll close with that on my end. So uh, any other closing remarks from you, Brad? No, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I will continue to, to, you know, obviously pay attention to him on the field and off the field and hope that in hopes that, you know, D's right that, and, and I hope he does take the counseling and the work off the field seriously, and maybe he will realize some of this stuff and do some growing up. And I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm just saying, at the very least, he's guilty of poor decision-making, and he needs to at least understand the ramifications of everything that he's gone through here and, and not just blindly and egotistically walk through this as if he did nothing wrong. And so it, it I would be... Very happy, and I hope he takes the counseling and the off-the-field work seriously because if he does, there's a lot that he could probably learn there and that, that he could gain some understanding. He's not a dumb guy. He's an intelligent man. He should get it. Um, so I hope that he comes out the other side better, and I'll continue to look for that. And and like you said, you know, I'm all for second chances and sometimes third chances and whatever, right? You, I mean, you can you can overcome these things. I hope he does. Um, but uh, as for me, it, it, you know, like you said, I'm turning towards the football field. I, I want to talk about this team, and I and it, we have some framework to build off of, right? We know. You know, it doesn't sound like Jimmy G's coming to town. It's going to be Brissett for 11 and Watson for 5. We're going to figure it out and go from there, right? We'll go from there. We'll deal with it when we deal with it. I'm sure Brad and I will cover the 11 games, the records to expect, and all of that in the coming days, tie it back to the football field now. Move on from it, Barry. The topic is over. That is the it for today's episode. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate Brad Ward's time, as always, very, very much. So shout out to you, Brad. And for you guys checking out this show on whatever platform you check it out on, make sure if you're a listener to the OBR Film Breakdown, you check out All Eyes on Cleveland and vice versa for All Eyes on Cleveland fans to check out the OBR Film Breakdown. We are a Blue Wire uh, company. We are supported by those folks over there. They do a great job. Continue to support their other podcasts. Thanks for checking out today's episode. We'll be back with some Eagles-Browns content in the coming days over the weekend and be ready for that 1 o'clock game that we will be live through the OBR on uh, a playback. So check that out. Appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Go Browns.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.